Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Today I want to continue the message. This series is Life's Balance. This will be the last message on a Sunday that goes along with this. Um, next Sunday I'm feeling led to do something else, but Life's Balance Part 2 this morning under the overarching series of Life's Balance. And I want to talk to you about some things. How many of you know that balance is very, very, very important? Balance is important. You need balance to walk. There's been actually some scientists that said it's amazing that mankind is able to walk the way their bodies are made. We're miracles. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know the ins and outs of the science. But I, knew, know, I do know that either way you're a miracle. You were nine months in your mama's belly, in your mama's womb. That's a miracle to me. I see women that are expecting, and I'm always like, wow, that's amazing. We all came in onto this planet that way. It's a miracle. And even for a child to be in a mother's womb, that requires a balance of systems, doesn't it? Blood and proper food and nourishment and the mom hopefully eating right. And man, there's been even moms that took drugs and somehow God kept a balance in that baby's life. Not always. Now, obviously, they recommend against, they, they strongly caution moms, stay balanced. Don't be on substances that would harm that baby. But I've even heard people say, say, man, we had babies back in the day in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. We took aspirin. We did all kinds of stuff and our babies are still healthy. Whatever medication they recommend against. They had babies and there was a balance. Many times we lose balance in life, and it all starts with our relationship with God. We lose balance because we forget who we are in God. We forget who, who God is to us. And today, we're going to have a chance to pray after this message and really renew our relationship with God and make sure we're putting God first. And that's my first point today, is God first. That is life's balance. You've heard me mention this seven times, several times, probably seven a number of times, that's a good number always, right? Mention it seven times, maybe the kids will listen, maybe not. But either way, I've been bringing this up because it's been on my heart for priorities and for balances. God is first. God is first. Let's go back to this verse. You learned it in children's church or Sunday school. You've heard it in church your whole life, or maybe you've just started hearing it recently. Look at this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you what? Everything you need. Do you have needs? You do. You have needs, but God will take care of those. Just like Dad's testimony and just our, like our lives' testimony is, God is always taking care of our needs. David said in Scripture, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed, his children, his offspring begging bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. What is the righteous? It's people who have right standing with God. So seek the kingdom of God. And the, and the King James Version says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This says, live righteously. That's a pretty good translation. And he will give you everything you need. So put God first. Without this, proper priorities, proper balance in life, they're impossible. They're impossible. You say, man, but Pastor Matt, you don't know, I, I've, I'm struggling with something in my mind or I've gone through depression or I've been through a bout of sickness or I'm, I'm lonely or I'm hurt or I'm disappointed, go back to God. Go back to the priorities. Go back to the priority. Go back to the beginning. Man, I don't know how I feel. I'm disappointing. I'm disappointed. Go back to God. I'm hurt. Go back to God. I feel like I'm walking alone. Go back to God. I feel like he hurt me. Go back 
to God. I feel like that didn't turn out like I wanted it to. Go back to God. Go back to the beginning, your first love, and put God first. God first. Put Him first. Say, but I didn't understand that situation. Go back to God. I lost that person, and I didn't understand it, and, and, and they went on to be with Jesus, and it was... Go back to your first love. Go back to God. Somebody say that with me. Say, go back to God. Let's say it again. Say, go back to God. That's right. Go back to God. Always get back to God first. Your first love. The book of Revelation talks and it says, you know what? Jesus is talking to different churches. And he's telling John, send letters to these churches, okay? And he's dealing with churches at different levels. And he's telling them to overcome and line it up. And, and some churches he's saying, you know, you've done pretty good. And, but he's dealing with a lot of the churches. And one of the churches, he says, I have something against you. He says, you have forgotten your first love. And that's so pertinent this weekend. You cannot love your husband and wife and respect your husband or wife like you need to without putting God first. It is not hard for me to love my wife. I love her. I loved her from the moment I saw her. We're a special love story. We really are. I loved her. I said, man, that is a tall, sweet glass of tea from the South. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't lose my mind and, and meet her and shake her hand and go, hello, I must have you. You know, I didn't do anything like that. But I knew, I said, man, I'm going to have to be godly to get this girl. I'm going to have to be right with God to get this girl. And you know, she used to tell me no. Oh, yes. <laughs> she used to tell me no, man. I, after church one time, she was in a season of just really seeking God. And God was dealing with both of us. And I think it was maybe 2004 or 2005. And I thought... Man, I don't know. I don't know if she looked extra nice that morning. I don't know what it was, but we were both living at the church apartments. She lived way at the end. I lived on the other side near where Elaine used to live. And uh, I went down there and thought, man, I'm going to just, I didn't think much about it. I knocked on her door. I said, hi. She's all, hi. And I said, you want to go eat lunch with me? And she's all, I can't. My face fell. I think my, y'all know my ear. You can tell right now my ears stick out. I think they fell. Huh? I remember thinking, you know, I was going through some issues. God was working on me. I felt like saying in my heart, you know, the little pride crept in. I'm like, do, do you know who I am? It's me. It's cool, fun, charming, bald-headed Matt with the ears sticking out. It's me. And I didn't call her things like this yet, but I was thinking, you know, baby girl, come on. It's me. You're safe with me. Come on. It, it's me. And I went. Really? And she, she's like, I'm sorry. What was the big deal? Why did she do that? She was putting God first at that time. She wasn't dating. It wasn't time for us. And she was being wise. And we had those moments with each other where one would be ready and the other one was not because it wasn't God's time and we needed to learn to put God first and keep God first. I'm going to tell you right now, ladies, a man for you is not the answer, and men, a woman for you is not the answer. They can be part of the answer that God gives you, but they are not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus. God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or like that translation said, live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. My wife's been a blessing. I feel like my life has improved and improved and improved because of accountability, because I've loved her, because we've put God first. We've been balanced with each other in so many ways, even through heartache, even through tough times. But we've learned to put God first. 
We've learned to put God first, and that is so very important. And that is the first thing on the list today on life's balance is putting God first. Everything will come back into its proper place if you'll put God first, I promise. It may take a while. You may have a life that's so out of balance, it may take a little while. But I promise you everything will line up. You get your head right and your thoughts right and your heart right, which is the most important thing. Get your spirit man right with God. You accept Jesus, and everything starts lining up. So put God first this morning. Somebody commit with me. Say, I will continue to put God first. Yeah, he is your life's priority. We say priorities, but he is your life's priority. You say, man, but what about this? Go back to God. What about that? Go back to God. You're excited. You're happy. You're rejoicing. It's easy times. It's good times. It's a season of ease. Go back to God. It's a hard season. Go back to God. That's my first point this morning. Number two, you want to have balance in life? You need to have boundaries. You need to have boundaries. And some people have a life with no boundaries. I can tell. I've had areas of my life where I didn't have good boundaries, and it stressed me out. I remember when I've had the same cell phone number now, 50, like let's see, 15 years and eight months. Same cell phone number. And I remember at the time I had a cousin living here and I was kind of a, taking care of him. He was, he was getting his life right and stuff. And he looked at me one time and my phone was ringing. I thought I had to answer my phone every time it rang. You know, that was before caller ID. Anybody remember before caller ID? You had your cell phone? You had to answer it. You didn't know who it was. And I was busy with him. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I, I was stepping into the role of church administrator at that time. And I'll never forget my cousin goes, man, I don't know how, how we can get anything done. He said, you're overwhelmed. Had no boundaries. Hello? Hello? If someone calls at midnight, does that mean you have to answer it? It was an emergency, huh? I've told people, I've given people that speech. I've been a pastor now over 18 years, full-time, and I've told people an emergency. You'd be surprised what people deem as an emergency. Give you a little example. This is not for anyone in this room. You invite them, you invite them, and you invite them. Say, come to the marriage retreat. Come to this, come to this, come to this. It never fails. Years ago, I remember we'd have marriage retreats or something. They didn't go. They weren't interested. But guess what? Sunday night, that Sunday night or Monday morning or Tuesday following the marriage retreat, they're having a crisis of marriage. That's not an emergency to me because we just had a marriage retreat. Do you see what I'm saying? Lack of planning on my part shouldn't be an emergency for you. You need to have boundaries. you got to draw the line. There's some things you say, I have a boundary there. For sexual harassment, there's been a Me Too movement and all this, and I know it's had its imbalances, but there's some truth in there. People didn't learn boundaries or, say, or stand up, and I'm not putting that on women. I'm putting that on men as well. People don't have boundaries. I'm not going to hug that woman that way if she's not my wife. That's a boundary. I'm not going to let a woman hug me that way if she's not my wife. That's a boundary. My wife has her own boundaries. We have boundaries. You even have boundaries in marriage. You say, We're, we can't do that. We're not going to do this. Let's look at this verse, Matthew 5, 37. I know this verse is used for other things, but it's also useful in this situation. I believe all truth is parallel. But look at this. Jesus is talking about promising, <clears throat> telling the truth, not swearing. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Sometimes we got to get a grip on our yes and no. Some of you never say yes to anything. 
You thought I was going to take it the other direction, huh? I threw a fake and then I threw a right. <laughs> fake, fake, right. Say, man, well, what, what do you mean? I've met people as you ask them to serve, you say, you plead with them, you pray with them, and they want to, but they say, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. Or you invite people to church, they're like, no, 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 no. You got to say yes to the right things too. But at times, you got to learn to say no, don't you? Let your no mean me no. No, I don't want to be touched that way. No, I'm not going there with you. No, I'm not going to have this discussion with you right now. No, I'm not going to fight with you. No, I'm not going to cuss back at you. I said no. No means no. No, what part of N-O, right? When you're telling somebody, what part of N-O do you not understand? No. Yes and no, you've got to have boundaries. Jesus was an amazing teacher of boundaries. Our series for next month is Jesus, the perfect example. And one of the ways that he was an example to us is he had boundaries. He would leave and go be alone. He would leave the crowds and go be alone. He said no to the enemy, didn't he? He said no, uh-uh. He rebuffed him at every point, And he stopped him in his tracks. He said no, 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 no. Jesus understood boundaries, yes and no. And you've got to understand boundaries. And when you have boundaries, it's going to help to balance out your life. Some parents don't have boundaries with their children. Some parents don't have boundaries with their children. We were watching a show on TV the other day, and the mom was crying, and the son's on drugs, and he did all this, and he's terrible, and he's just not part of the, he doesn't act like he's part of the family, and Jen and I were looking at each other, and this mom was just enabling this kid, though. He was still at the house, coming home whenever he wanted. It was a reality show of some kind. He was coming home whenever he wanted. Mom had no boundaries. It's one of those deals where she's afraid to lose him. Well, guess what? She's already lost him. He's just taking up space and not paying rent using oxygen and using her money and doing drugs and eating all their food. No boundaries. You've got you've to understand boundaries. And you need to say no, but you also need to know, K-N-O-W, your boundaries. Okay, that's so important. Know your boundaries. It could save your life. One of my boundaries is this. I wear a seatbelt. If I get in a vehicle and it has a seatbelt, I think we've been overseas before and we got in a vehicle, they just didn't have working seatbelts. You're like, Lord, just protect us because they're driving crazy anyway. I think we were in South Africa at one time and they didn't have seatbelts. And these, they're all the, driving on the wrong side of the road, so it's already jacked up. It's already weird, right? So you need to know your boundaries. You need to know, and you need to know ahead of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move into another point here in a moment, but you need to know ahead of time sometimes and plan you already plan to say no to that because you know it's wrong, because you know they're going to ask you, and you need to say no and have your boundary up. So right now, I get into plan. That's my next point. Plan. You need to have a plan. You definitely need a plan if you're going to have a balanced life. I don't know if some people just wake up, shoot out of bed, whatever time, or didn't have an alarm, or just try to make it. I don't know, but I've dealt with some people that I, I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like they have no plan. Because they're always messing up everybody's plans around them. <laughs> I don't think they have much of a plan. You're like, that's weird. There was no plan there. And sometimes we make a plan and it didn't work out. That's okay. Have a plan, though. Naturally, in my weakness, I will fly by the seat of my pants and just wing it. You don't want to just wing it. I do not, praise God, I do not wing it for Sunday mornings. Never have, never will. 
I come prepared. I've been praying. I have a message written. And if God takes me in a different direction, so be it. Bless his name. But I have a plan. And I remember a few years back, I was with the Stocksteels. Y'all know Bethany, the church Bethany, Joel Stocksteel and Jonathan and their dad, Larry. And Jonathan Stocksteel was talking to us, a small group of pastors, and he said, let me tell you something about Sunday mornings. He said, guys, don't ever wing it. He said, I've seen pastors do that. Get up on the mic. And when I, when I hear the word wing it, I just imagine I'm flapping around like a chicken. I'm winging it, you know. Bok, bok, whatever. Bok, bok, I'm just winging it. Just here, we'll just let God lead. Oh, what do I have? Um, find that verse for me. Uh, no, I don't even know. Uh, that's not the verse. I don't know. Just not, I'm not prepared. Um, is it in John? No, I don't know. Here we are. Just let's pray. You know, let's let God move. Well, you got to have a plan, though. Got to have a plan. Let's go to Proverbs 20:18. Proverbs 20:18. Plans succeed through good counsel. Get wise advice. Don't go to war without wise advice or counsel (laughs) life is war i think i think this is fitting for everything everything's war there's conflict in everything there's adversity there's tough situations so you better have a plan don't just go jump into the battle without a plan (laughs) there's been times there's been times my wife has asked me well what do you have a plan and that's terrible especially when we were younger when we first got married she's like do you have a plan i'm like no do you Because I just, I don't know, man. Let's just see what happens, you know. And it's driving her crazy because she's she's a planner. She's a thinker. What's your plan, you know? Some of you men, we're talking about wedding uh, vow renewal and different stuff today. This is such good stuff for marriage, boundaries, and God first, and a plan. Men, have a plan for your date night. I've had times where it's just no plan, and we agreed to not have a plan. But other times, it's like, I don't know, where do you want to eat? I don't know, where do you want to eat? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to know? Do you? No. Uh, Do you want to? And don't lie to yourself, man. I've done this. Say, man, well, I had some ideas and she didn't like them. That's okay. You had some ideas. You had some ideas. Now I I have ideas for food. Not always, but I'm like, baby, how about this one? What do you think? And she goes, give me three options. Y'all ever done that, ladies? And none of the three options are the right options sometimes. Not every time. My wife's pretty good. Is once I, we narrow it down to three options, and she's kind of like, okay. Sometimes she'll help me, though, and go, don't let that be one of the options. <laughs> I don't want roses, you know, whatever. All they have is good carrot cake, whatever. Have a plan, man. Don't just wing it. You start winging it after a while, you lost all your wing it privileges, remember? <laughs> like in that movie, Shanghai Noon. You just lost all your wing it privileges, and then you're grounded. You're in trouble. Let's look at that verse again, Proverbs 20, 18. Plans succeed through what? Good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. You know what? I think someone in this house needs to hear this too. Just because people don't agree with your plans doesn't mean they're against you. Somebody needs to hear that in this house. Sometimes your plans are crazy, and if nobody around you agrees, you better rethink it. Now, once in a while, God has told you and everybody thinks you, you're crazy, but that's, that's few and far between. If just people who love you and respect you and have a good track record are going, ah, we need to rethink that, or, or somebody's going, that, no. Slow down and think about it. Pray about it. That's between you and God anyway, ultimately. 
But think about it. Have a plan, but get some wise counsel too, okay? Get some advice. Get some advice, all right? Not that you're basing your life on what everybody else wants, but all right. My final point this morning is practice. This is one of my favorite themes. It's one of my life messages. I have a, a, a message of repentance and being right with God and forgiving. That's huge. I feel like this is also one of my life's themes, and that's practice. Practice makes you better. You've heard the, you've, you've, you've heard the, the saying, practice makes you perfect. Ah, well, nobody gets perfect, but you can get close to it, right? In some ways, you can just get to be flawless, and it takes practice. Practice what you're doing. Practice all these points I've told you, married couples. Those renewing your vows. Practice. Practice your love. Look at how simple this is. Practice coming to church. Did you know it's a habit? After a while, it's like Sunday morning. You're like, here you are. Anytime I possibly can be here, I'm here on a Sunday. And your kids aren't going, hey, mom, it's snowing. Dad, it's snowing. Are we going to church? No, they already know not to ask you that. You're going to church. Can you imagine if I would have grown up and I know they were the pastors, but can you imagine I said, are we going to church today? What? Dad said, even if I wasn't a pastor, we'd have been in church. And because of my parents, I told y'all on Wednesday night, I love telling this, I had a drug problem growing up. Y'all, what? I didn't know that about you. That's why I lost all my hair. No, I didn't. Some of y'all, they don't know me yet. No, that wasn't it. That was male pattern baldness. Looked just like my uncle. But anyway, I had a drug problem because they drugged me to church. And sometimes I was like, man, but I'll be honest with you, even in my teenage years, I knew it was not up for debate. It was never up for debate. Hey, uh, hey, yo, dad. Yo, in the 80s, you know, I fell in love with some hip hop in the 80s and it got bad in the 90s, had to just go straight Christian hip hop, right? Yo, dad, I, I don't think I'm going to make it to church today. <laughs> not in our house. And it won't be that way in our house either. Yo, Mom, I think I'm going to chill today. I need some me time. <laughs> me time is later, Sunday, Monday at school, during break time or something. But you're going to go to church. No, it's because my kids. You know what? I don't know who else needs to hear this. And we're talking about practice and boundaries. Some of y'all need to stop being afraid of your kids, too. My dad never cared if I liked him or not. That's just a deep thought I'm having right now. So deep. And dad just didn't care. But because dad stood for something, he and I really have a great relationship. We love each other. I respect him. He's always going to be my dad, and there's nothing that can change that. But we have a type of friendship and understanding. He's still my boss. He's still my senior pastor, my mentor. But dad always stood for something. Mom always stood for something. And they found a way in standing for something and, and being real at home. And practicing that at home. Guys, you need to practice your faith. I was going to say practice your religion. Don't practice religion. Practice your faith at home. Practice it through repetition of the kids know. It's planned. It's a boundary. It's God first. It's practice. It's, it's Sunday. We're going to church unless we're out of town to see grandma or something. It's Sunday. We're going to church. It's Wednesday. We're going to church. It's connect group night, whatever. Look at this verse, Romans 10, 17 in the New King James Version. About to wrap this up. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You ever noticed in that verse, it says hearing and hearing? It says it twice. Hearing and hearing. So it means it's a repetition. It means it's practice. 
Can you imagine if I, I said, man, you know what? It wastes too much time. I think I'm going to just brush my teeth once a week. And I've had some gum issues, so that would not be good. But every night, you can ask my wife, I am so disciplined. I'll be, I'll be so, so messed up, tired, that I'll drag myself over to go floss and brush my teeth. And it's late, and she's out. She's asleep. The dogs are asleep. Everybody's asleep. And I'm like, oh. Why? Because I've noticed that if I go one day without flossing my teeth, my gums bleed. One day. So I've got to fight back, and I've got to practice. And I'm going to tell you, you go one day without the Word, you're going to notice a difference in your life. There's going to be seasons, I know, you go through it. You need to get in contact with the Word somehow, even if it's one verse, if it's hearing the Word, if it's reading the Word. You need to be in contact with the Word every day. You need to practice. That's part of life's balance. And do it over and over. Repeat, repeat. Repeat the good things. So life's balance, once again, is put God first. Somebody say God first. first. Somebody say boundaries. Boundaries. Somebody say plan. And somebody say practice. Life's balance. You need to to do these things. Let's put God first for real. Let's, Let's close our eyes and let's pray today.